Hello everyone and welcome back to The War Room, which is our interview series as part of the Clone Star Pod. I am your host, Sean Ferrick, and joining me is aerialist, model, actor, a bloody legend, funny as hell on Twitter, and I happen to know a damn good horror RPG player. It is the wonderful Olivia Youngers. How are you getting on? I'm good. Thank you for having me. That was quite an intro. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know. It's just like, you know, kind of like, you know, and what's he going to ask about? In the, no, um, but like, <laughs> this is really exciting for me um, because we have, uh, spoiler alert to everyone, everyone off the pod, we uh, almost started, we were like ships in the night. We almost had a chance to meet up there a little while ago. Um, we have been following each other on Twitter. You're a legend. You're cool. And you're a Trekkie who's in Star Trek. Yeah. I mean, that's cool. Can we just take a moment, too, to acknowledge how awesome it is that being in Star Trek is now cool? Because there oh, yeah. was definitely a time where that was not the case. <laughs> and I I remember it. <laughs> I, I, I remember that there was all these jokes, like, you know, kind of like, you know, you know, kind of, oh, you know, I booked my first gig. Great. What are you on? Star Trek Enterprise. Oh, I better look next year. Right? <laughs> Which, when you look back at the number of people whose careers began like after being on star trek it really was a launching pad for so many people so in retrospect not a bad thing at all to do absolutely like i cannot wait for i mean it's going to be it's days not years days when you know you're accepting you know whether it's you know an emmy award you know a sag award anything and i'll be like see she's cool She's cool. She came on our podcast. That's how cool she is. <laughs> Your podcast can be the new Star Trek, where people come on and then they blow up after. And then people go back and go, oh, my God, look at all these big people that they had on their podcast. How did they know? I'm, I'm, don't, don't tease me, Olivia. Don't tease me like that. <laughs> um, but <clears throat> enough, enough about me for the moment. I want to hear all about you. Um, so maybe let's start with what what was your journey from... Like up to getting the blue uniform on the Titan, you know, what what was the process that went into that? And also, I'm really excited to hear what was going on in your head when all this was happening. So, you know, I live in Los Angeles and I, I have this strong belief. You don't live in Los Angeles. The city is expensive. It is hard. It is a hard city. You don't live here unless you have a dream. And so everyone here has some dream they're working towards. I did not want to admit for a long time how much I wanted acting because admitting it to myself meant that I could let myself down. So I finally did. And I, I'd always been trying to move to LA. I've lived a lot of places around the country and I always found an excuse not to be here. So I finally did it in 2019. Great timing just ahead of that pandemic. Um, and, you know, I started exploring what I wanted to do. Um, and I've always had a lot of friends here in the creative circle. I, sorry, this is very roundabout. Like <laughs> you asked for the story, you're getting the full story. Um, I've always had friends living in LA in the creative circle. I, were you familiar with a web show called The Guild? Felicia Day's The Guild on, it was online. It was about like a bunch of MMORPG players, kind of a wow-ish setting. This was before- Was this he the one where you played a queen for several episodes? The White Queen. Yeah, <laughs> you looked at my IMDb. <laughs> yes, I did. <laughs> well, it was a web series. It's a very geeky web series. And it was before it was before Hulu had even really blown up. 
Um, but so I'd, I'd come down here and done some stuff on that just for fun. They needed cosplayers who had costumes that weren't labeled with things. Um, but so you meet people, you make connections, you you meet people and, and you create a circle. And so I was constantly surrounded by creatives and I was this weird lone science person in a sea of creatives. Mm-hmm. So once I admitted what I wanted to do, I was shocked at how many people wanted to support me. I just didn't expect it. Um, and I knew a few people who who worked on Star Trek uh, from prop makers to um, people who worked on prosthetics. Um, and I actually met Terry through one of the comic. Every, every time someone's like, how do you know people? It's always San Diego Comic-Con. Every time is my answer. <laughs> um, and so several people were like, we're going to get you on Star Trek. And I was like, yeah, 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 sure, whatever. I did not believe it until suddenly I got an email from casting <laughs> and uh, and they wanted me to audition. And I my stomach dropped out of my body. Like it just completely left because Star Trek is, I have a lot of fandoms, but Star Trek is the one that's the nearest and dearest to my heart. Um, it feels wrong to play favorites, you know, it's like they're your children. Mm. Star Trek was my favorite. So um, I got to audition and I sent it in. And then uh, Terry was the one who reached out and went, wait, are you SAG? And I was like, no. And so that was kind of an interesting little bit of a barrier to get over. Um, but so uh, so they they brought me in. I got SAG-E um, doing the first episode. So that's becoming SAG eligible. Okay. Um, you have to have a speaking line on a show. And then once that happens, you're SAG eligible. Um, and then from there, they were able to bring me back for another episode. And now I'm fully in the union and I get to say I was on Star Trek and I just, I love it so much. (laughs) Excuse me. That is amazing because I mean, anyone who wanders near your socials, they're going to get an idea that I think she's a Trekkie. Yeah, 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 think, yeah, yeah. I have a, a battle hanging up above me right now on my on my wall. I would <laughs> give probably a limb and a half to get a battle. Is one of the things I don't have. Um, and 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 being a collector, but basically put it this way: if your battle goes missing, don't worry, I'll look after it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, you might have to like fight me for it. <laughs> The problem is that you've had a battle longer than I have, so you're probably going to win that fight as well. Very true. true. Um, So uh, this, obviously, so now by the time people are listening to this, people have seen the season. So I am going to be the first one to say you tripped and fell, but you're fine. (laughs) I, okay, so I, I was worried about this because I was like, oh my God, do I, am I dead? Am I dead? And... I may or may not have a reason to believe that I'm alive and that there might be a chance, if there is a chance, to establish that canonically, but who knows? I'm 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 very cool with this because um the it's it, well it's not I always use the phrase it's funny it's not it's interesting it's not funny that you might have died um but I mean it is because you look fine today but. <laughs> In the episode where where we see you on the ground, um, I I remember just watching it being like, please tell me some of these are set to stun because that's a that's a heck of a body count in yeah. this episode, you know. Yeah, yeah. 
Um, what was it? I mean, obviously, I know, I know, like the way filming goes. Obviously, you weren't on an actual starship. I'm sorry, I'm, I'm shattering people's realities. You weren't no, on an actual those starship. Sets were incredibly detailed. I mean, gorgeous. And it's it's so funny because I don't know if you've ever gone back and watched um kind of green screen that you didn't know was green screen in a lot of shows like i don't know if you're familiar with ugly betty at all as a show if you ever watched it bits yeah go google after this ugly betty green screen it is astounding how much of that show is shot on a green screen and so knowing that and then seeing how detailed this set was it's just so interesting but different shows have different budgets i'm not knocking ugly betty for using green screen it's just really funny because we knock so many things for being um, what we assume is computer generated and then we find out it's not right like the giraffe on the last of us yep <laughs> that whole situation and then there's other things where you have no idea that it is and it is so that uh, was it i mean I'll, I'll be the first one to say i thought the raven was uh or i thought the crow was the i, did I too. assumed i did too i assumed too because especially because animals are notoriously difficult to deal with and birds i mean come on but yeah no that was shocking even for me i didn't know <laughs> So, oh, oh, hang on. Are we revealing now that actually the spirit, the, the spirit, the spirit of Ensign Riggs is actually in that crow? That's how we, we get you back. Yes, that's exactly how. You don't know it. I'm not actually a human. Um, I'm able to throw my soul into that way. Um, I remember, so when I got to set and... um. I got on set and we were we were rehearsing running the lines and breaking down the scene and doing blocking. And um, they sent me over to stunts because they were like, okay, we need you to go to this, talk to the stunt guy. He's going to teach you how to fall. And I went and over to him and he was like, okay, so blah, blah, blah. And I said, wait a minute. So I'm a dancer. And he went, oh, so you know how to do this. And I said, yeah, so something like this. And I went down and he went, you just made my life so easy today. We're good. You know, um, they'd given us time to work on that. And I didn't need to because as a dancer, you learn how to fall. <laughs> um, but so I remember thinking, oh, they shoot me in this shoulder, not in my chest. So maybe I survive and I'm just stunned and down on the ground. So that was what I was holding on to in my head the entire time. Yeah. I mean, like if if we look at so many examples across all of Star Trek, I, I think there, there there's a compilation video in shoulder shots where people survive. They're definitely, and I can hear the Benny Hill music playing in my head now as well. So <laughs> I think you're absolutely fine. Plus, as a dancer, I mean, you have more muscle than probably half the people on the ship anyway. Yeah, and we need to get me back on to establish that. I mean, think of the holodeck scenes. It'd be amazing. I'm exactly. pitching a whole like, circus scene where I just do all of the different tricks that I do. Because why not? Um, and yeah, I mean, if O'Brien can survive all the things he's gotten through, that's what I just hold on to in my head. That that's okay. I'm now I'm now seeing Star Trek rigs where every single episode is what catastrophe do you have to deal with this week? Mm -hmm. Um, we could, I mean, not that I would ever take away the uh, the 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 you know, Harry came on the pedestal of you know, the greatest ensign in all of Star Trek, but (laughs) I think we can snap at the heels here. Well, hopefully he's gotten a promotion by now. Oh, I absolutely maintain. I want to see him as an old man, but like demoted to cadet. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, that would be so funny. I mean, Riggs and Shaw has a nice ring to it for a show title. Yes, it does. Actually, yes, it really does. just thought of that, but that's not a bad show title. I like, I, I, I like, I like that a lot. Yeah. Okay. All right. Okay. Well, we're, 
Well, I'll, I'll have my people talk to your people. We'll, okay, we'll, we'll cover good, this. Um, now, obviously, you know, Star Trek is probably the thing of the moment, which is incredible. And I'm, I'm, I'm so happy for you. I'm so happy how well season three is being received by everything. But, but obviously you have this amazingly diverse career. Um, <laughs> I like you. You got running running through kind of a list of your accomplishments is a bit like oh, oh, oh I need to do more with my life. Oh wow. <laughs> um. What like how 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 do you find the time? Um. Well, as we've established, I don't sleep much. Uh. I should sleep more. I try to get caught up on it. Um. And uh, I I honestly don't know. Sometimes I sit down. I I was talking actually to my dad. We had a phone call the other night. We hadn't talked in a while and I was catching up on everything I do. And he just kind of went, wow, you are busy. And I said, yeah, I do too much. And he joked, you know, well, it's hereditary. And I was like, yeah, yeah. Because he's also very ambitious with his time. So I think I just learned it from him. Um, and uh, I just, there's so much I want to do. I just don't feel like I can afford not to. So it's it's a good point as well and actually to your point about moving to la in 2019 um now if i'm be, i'm going to be horrifically um stereotypical for a second you know the starry eyed step off the plane uh yeah. you know i'm here i've arrived why is that guy wearing a mask you know <laughs> what does that i mean obviously we had a few months between you know the first and, and, and but what I, does that feel like you know you you've arrived in la you you have all these um these hopes and suddenly earth is closed it definitely felt like just this cosmic divine joke on my timing um i mean 2000 i was here for a full year before the pandemic hit but that's mm. really not that much time in la especially because i was taking my time getting my groove uh finding my people i got really busy really quickly um i mean i didn't we can talk about it but i didn't really start dancing even till the beginning of 2019 the way i do so i mean it just all i i, I jumped into things and then um and then yeah it just felt like this cosmic kind of joke and so my and my day job uh which i, I don't talk about online too much i don't go into too much detail because um there are people online who who are a little bit you know take things a little too far and so i try to be very aware of personal details that I give out but so my my day job work I work in clinical trials um oncology clinical trials and once the shutdown started happening and people were saying oh it's going to be a couple weeks and we'll be okay I was like no we're not hmm. no we're not and it's going to be at least a year um so that felt rough I was like great so I'm here I'm finally taking a chance on myself because um, that was the thing that I struggled with was believing that I was good enough. It's something that I've always struggled with and probably always will. Imposter syndrome seems to be a thing amongst creatives <laughs> more than ever. Um, and yeah, it just, it was really frustrating. Um, but I did what I do best, which is find small problems and find solutions for them just to get me through day to day to, to carry myself on. So it was okay. So we're shut down. Are there acting classes I can do online? How can I dance at home? What can I do to make sure that I'm not, oops, sorry, my alarm's going off, uh, stagnating. And, uh, and I mean, it got pretty dark. I lost a friend early on in the pandemic, someone I'd known from high school, and that was rough. Um, she so sorry. COVID. She was 
one of the best people I know in my life. And it was so frustrating because it was before they had decent PPE for medical workers. And she was a social worker who worked in the emergency room um, specifically to help, you know, our homeless and, and houseless population. And um, that was rough. So it was not great. Um, but I think it also has helped remind me that life is precious and we just don't know what's going to happen. You know, Star Trek timeline has us looking at World War Three in a couple of years. So that's part of, you know, when you ask how I find the time, I'm like, if not now, when? So it's uh, I mean, as I said, I'm so sorry for your loss. Um, that is. It, 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 it's awful. And, you know, we're we're sitting here in 2023 and COVID still very much is a thing. You know, it, yeah. it is still out there. Mm-hmm. Um and a lot of people are taking it. So I'm, I, I wanted I want to put attention on to the people who are taking it seriously, because obviously there's a lot of people who aren't. And, you know, it's I think I think we're, that's probably what we're looking at for the foreseeable is there'll be the people who will take it seriously, the people who won't take it seriously. And but going I mean, going back to then um, this the, be so working in clinical trials as you did. I mean, you were one of the people who you were able to see look I mean vaccines take time and rollouts take time yeah. as well yeah. i remember hearing very early on sort of things like that but of course i had no basis of comparison so i thought we're talking months you know are we talking and you know some people were like oh yeah yeah maybe months it was never ever ever going to be two weeks um and i think i think in some way a lot of us knew that um, yeah but we you know we we were hopeful and, yeah. you know, certainly if you could shut the entire world down for a few weeks, I mean, truly shut it down, but that wasn't going to happen. That requires a certain global cooperation that, you know, we don't have the Federation yet. We're not there yet as, as a world. Um, and it's hard to coordinate. And there are people who need to be able to do jobs to survive. So n- there was no way everyone, it, it just wasn't going to happen. Um, and actually I have, so most of my career in, in, um, clinical trials has been oncology research, although I did spend two years working on a vaccine trial. So I had very intimate knowledge of the entire process that goes into that, which is why I said it's going to be a year. If we need a vaccine, it's going to be at least a year. And that's optimistic. And then you're in the position of you're, you're the one or you're just speaking your experience, you know, for, and then you go, oh, here comes Olivia, you know, doom and gloom over there. You know, I'm already planning my party in three weeks, you know, my post COVID party. I had friends who were coming to me for advice because they had trips and stuff planned and they were like, should I cancel it? I was like, yes, cancel it. It's not going to happen. I promise you it won't happen. Save your money. Don't risk it. Cancel it now. Um, So thankfully they listened to me and they were glad that they did. So are you saying that what we needed in 2020 was Admiral Layton? Sure. Yes. <laughs> okay. Cool. Cool. So finally, okay. So, uh, what? What? Nearly thirty years on, Homefront and Paradise Lost. Admiral Layton, uh, Captain Benteen, they're finally getting vindicated. Um, that this is exactly what was needed. You heard it here first. Ensign Riggs, <laughs> Olivia Youngers is saying they were right. Yes, absolutely. Okay. Cool. Jesus. <laughs> 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 um, but yeah, I mean, it was rough. It was rough to see it all come down. So, yeah. so when you were, you know, when when you're sitting in, you know, your your home in 2020, obviously you're doing online acting classes. But 
dancing as well. So you're so I I I just having seen your work, I just assumed you've been dancing your whole life. You know? Yeah, a lot of um, people doing it for longer than I have. So like so have you, have you, so no wonder you spent the last few years tired. Like you know, do you just practice like ten hours a day and then try and fit in a tiny little bit of acting here and there? You know, a bit of you know RPG cosplay. How do, what, what does it look like for you? Uh, so, and I've done versions of dance throughout my life on and off. It's something that I've always loved. Um, but uh, pole dancing, which is my primary form of dance now, is something that I only started at the beginning of 2019. So I've done partner dancing in the past, some waltz, some swing, some salsa on and off, starting in high school uh, through college. And then it got hard to practice partner dancing on your own and finding someone who would want to invest time in it the way I did was just a difficulty so I was like well, what can I do that's my own and myself um and I also having moved to LA and knowing I wanted to get to acting eventually but lacking kind of the confidence in myself and my appearance to be on screen I was like well what's something I can do that'll just shatter any any weirdness I have about myself and I was like perfect pole dancing because you can't take yourself too seriously and you have to what I learned from doing it is you have to learn to kind of love yourself as you are to be able to do it um and so yeah I mean I was going to the studio every evening after work for one to two hours um and then I maybe would have an acting class after that and then come home and crash and wake up in the morning and do it all again and that was kind of life I honestly think I got busier during the pandemic than even before I was taking my time before but now I'm like nope it's time if there's something you're interested in you want to do find time for it maybe you're not going to do it every day but you've got to find time to work it in um and even now my list of things that I want to do is is ever growing so um but yeah I mean I think I to answer your question um at least six hours a week of dance but probably sometimes close to double that just depending on the week and what i'm able to do like that is if you think of the time that goes into any um i i, I don't want to minimize it by saying a hobby because i know it's much more than that but if you think of the time that goes into any project or be better word there sean um that's a lot when you have let's let's say you've got your minimum of say 40 hours a week you're doing your your day job um so you know and then you have you've got to try for, i mean like that is it's an amazing way of certainly keeping busy especially in a time like that when keeping busy really is important yeah. but also anyone would forgive you if like three weeks in it's like she's crashed yeah she's crashed you know, like, you know, anyone would forgive you. It's like, please take a month off. Yeah, I mean, I've had my injuries from from training really hard, so that certainly has happened. And I was um, I've I've had two injuries. One that kept me off for like a week and a half. I thought I was like, this is the end of my dance career. I'm never gonna be. You know, what if I never get it back? I was fine within a week and a half. I just needed to rest. I hadn't given myself enough time to rest. Uh, the second one was was harsher. I was a hamstring tear, and that was. That takes oh, a God. while to heal. But even then, I didn't stop. I just changed how I was training. So I did a lot more um, strength training during that time. And uh, there were a lot of other things I could do with dance. Uh, that pushed me back into looking at 
partner dancing. And now my swing dance coach wants us to go into competitions. I was like, I don't have the time. You're going to kill me. <laughs> um, and I just was like, no, there's no way. <laughs> Um, but yeah, no. And, and, and saying that it kept me sane, it definitely did during the pandemic. Cause like I said, I saw, I saw that this was going to be a long haul. And so even before we went on lockdown, we knew the lockdown was coming and everyone was talking about, oh, it's probably going to happen. So I reached out to the woman who owns my pole studio and I said, do you by any chance have a pole you could sell me? And she had one, oh. one that she could spare. So I bought it, brought it home that day, installed it in my living room, told my roommate, I'm sorry, I'm changing the whole living room around because things are about to get real bad and I need this to stay sane. And thankfully, he and I are very, very good old friends. And he was like, yeah, no, do what you've got to do. So it worked. Excellent. Excellent. In terms of like the the little I know of pole dancing um, is the strength that is required is it, it's mind-boggling i uh, years ago I, I, I was working with a guy he was a rugby coach and, mm-hmm. and you know, he looked like it you know what i mean he was you know <laughs> all the muscles and everything and he said he couldn't for the life of him uh get up on a pole he couldn't hold himself up he said he he who could you know one of those things he'd crush a teacup into dust in his hand just didn't have the strength and then i had you know, his partner was a very you know kind of slight slender woman mm-hmm. and she would run rings around him on it um and i'd say both of them would shatter me at an arm wrestling competition <laughs> it's just different muscle groups i think that's the thing you know it's it's like if you've ever seen someone who's you know a bodybuilder or whatever attempt yoga for the first time and they just get their ass handed to them but it's because they're not accustomed to moving their body that way um you you develop the muscles that you need for the sport that you do mm-hmm. from doing it um, cause I certainly could not lift myself up and do all of the crazy things that I can do now when I first started and it felt impossible. I actually have a friend who's just gone back to school. He's, um, he never, he never finished his college degree. No, he didn't. So he's gone back to school and he's struggling a bit. He's like, I don't know how I'm ever going to make it in the higher classes. If I'm struggling in these lower ones, should I quit? He came and we were talking about it and I reminded him cause he does, you know, do weight training. And I was like, when you start weight training, you know, if you're lifting five pound weights, the 50 pound weight looks like it's going to be impossible. You don't think you're ever going to be able to do it. But then over time, that five pound gets easier and easier. And eventually you're lifting the 50, looking back at the five and going, oh, yeah, that was that's not a problem anymore. I was like the same thing for your brain. You're going to get through this class. It's going to suck and be hard. And then once you're done, you move on to the next one. And eventually this early stuff that tripped you up will be no problem. And the next thing will be the big hurdle and it's like that for any sport any activity you take on I have to remind myself of that constantly because I'm a perfectionist and I want to be perfect at everything right away I need to learn not to be that way I also I mean I, I know that it's easy to say this but if we were perfect at everything right away where's the challenge yeah 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 then you miss those moments of aha those holy you know crap moments I don't know if you curse on your podcast oh swear you swear as much as you like fantastic yeah so those holy shit i one of the things i love about pole dance and aerial arts in general is when someone nails something and you hear someone very loudly yell holy shit because they're Ah. so amazed at themselves that moment of of triumph is so special and you don't get there without the struggle and i have to remind myself of that because when i'm struggling i get so mad at myself for not constantly having holy shit moments but mm. I suppose they're earned, aren't they? They're earned. Yeah, yep, yep, yep. So in 
two weeks when you know you're standing in the lab and you go holy shit i've just cured cancer like you know <laughs> kind of like you know you're gonna be like you know well listen we had to go through all of these trials and all of it all of this to get here but well done everyone we've done it yeah cool cool very good we've done it now uh now let's go deal with the next big problem you know which as as you said will be world war three yes uh, so yeah. Star Trek is to be believed and it does certainly feel like it's been kind of eerily predictive but I hope not <laughs> that's right that's actually that's actually something I'll, I'll touch on for a second because I because I know you are such a Trekkie as well so you know your Trek history you know your Trek stories you know Roddenberry's belief that humanity has to go through hell to get to the other side yeah. And it does feel it 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 does feel like we're 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 a pot that's coming to the boil. It no, I mean it really does. Um I I joked before the pandemic and then I was like, oh my God, you know, bell riots are supposed to happen. What next year now? Yeah, twenty yeah, twenty twenty four, yeah. Um and I, I've joked about that, but I'm like, oh, it kind of feels like we're headed to some, you know, we've been seeing a lot of massive unrest in this country. Um, well, in the United States. And um, it certainly feels like something's going to come to a head if it hasn't already. Uh, and, and, you know, maybe that eventually is the trigger for something good to happen. I, I certainly hope it doesn't require a World War III for us to get to a Federation future. I do not want that. <laughs> Sometimes it feels like that's where we're headed, so... It does. I think, uh, yes. I mean, I mean, obviously, I'm. I am not currently in the United States. I'm halfway across the world. I'm in Ireland, and yeah, it it does. Uh, but I think what's what's so important is when we see there's so many flipping horror stories coming out, and there's so many, you know, just without going into it, it's to see the goodness that comes out of that as well. The support that springs up between people who may never have ever interacted with each other before that. Um, and that is, you know, if if it's a fool's hope to hang on to something like that, then call me a fool. No, I um, I want to believe in that too. It, it can be really hard some days too. And, uh, but then I remind myself of of what it's like when, you know, there's a drunk girl in a bathroom and the other girls take care of her and none of us know each other. And that happens all the time. And I'm like, that's just what we need more of in the world. <laughs> um, and yeah, you're right. I mean, you see people come together. I just wish we were at a point where we didn't need the strife to see that, Yeah. you know, um, and maybe someday we will, but Hey, as we're seeing on Star Trek, even in that Federation future, not every person is perfect. Bad people still do, bad things good people still do bad things for what they think are the right reasons um and i i think we're always going to be struggling to be better but it's the struggle that makes us good yeah you know? yeah i think i think i, I mean I, I think that's perfect you're right trek at the moment um across the various ones they they are exploring you know it's not that I'm going to say it's not that we've moved away from the utopian future. We have and we haven't. We've just said, we've just, I think we've seen that the utopian future has an awful lot holding it up. And some of those things maybe are not as bright and shiny as the sets in Star Trek The Next Generation. 
Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, you know, I, I know different truckies have different kind of points of view of, of how hopeful it should be and, and how dark it should be. And um, I know section 31 can be like a divisive thing, for example, because some people just think it's so antithetical to Roddenberry's vision. But I think, I think it's helpful to see a future that we want to get to and then be reminded that even when we get there, you have to constantly fight to keep it the way it is. You know, it's it's not like you get there, you're done, great, okay, and now everyone's perfect. That's that's just not in human nature. It's not in Klingon nature. It's not in Roman nature. Um, you know, and when you assume that because you've gotten somewhere you're good that's when the bad things can happen if you're not aware that there's always the opportunity for something to go awry whether it's um, good intentions that lead down a bad path or a bad actor you've got to always kind of be aware you've got to be learning um all the time what you can do better to make sure that you don't slip backwards so i find it weirdly kind of hopeful to see our heroes challenged morally acknowledge that they're challenged and then see how they overcome that because that's what we need to be able to do to get to where they are exactly and it, and it goes back to your point like you know nothing is perfect day one uh, because nope. it can't be you know yep. um you know uh I mean, obviously, you know, I was, but sure, listen, I mean, I'm one in a million here, you know what I mean? You know? Well, uh, we can't all be like you. I'm sorry. That's all. That's, it's, it, it's fine. I'm not mad. I'm just disappointed. Oh, God. All right. I'll go to my room. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Now do 12 more hours of pole practice and, um, <laughs> you know, something that you weren't able to do this morning. I want you to be able to do it at expert level by dinner time. How does that sound? Oh, God, the double footlock on silks. All right, fine. I'll double. go do that right now. Right. Okay. You're going to have to, because, right, the double footlock, is that one where, like, you've got a foot on one side of the pole and a foot on the other side of the pole, and you're holding yourself up that way? How, 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 what, what is that? thing. Sorry. And it was just in my head, because I was, it was the thing I was frustrated with myself about, what's today? Today's Friday? On Wednesday that I couldn't hit. Um, so I started... This is a problem. You know, I do too many things. When you start doing aerial arts, you get exposed to other aerial arts, and you're like, oh, that one looks cool. I want to try that, too. So I got into Lyra, which now I've been doing for about a year and a half now, too. And then I was like, okay, well, I got to try silks. They're here. They're at the studio I work at. I may as well try them. So silks are totally different beast. Um, and yeah, a double foot, a footlock is where you get your foot wrapped around in the silk um, securely. So that way you can do weird things. And a double footlock is just getting both feet locked in. And it's it's hard. I'm at the beginning of my silk journey. And it's this, is this like the one where it's literally like it looks like a curtain hanging down? Mm -hmm. Is that is that what you yep. mean? Yes, with you. Know? Yes, 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 yes. Sorry. Um. Yes, it's too. It's too long. What look like curtains? We call them silks, but I don't think they're made of silk. I don't know what material they are actually. Um. And yeah, you're doing weird tricks and tying them around your body and doing flips and things. Um. Which is a scary thing to see, and it's scary to do. But then once you learn it, you feel like okay, I'm all right. Um. I was at. A fire eating seminar oh yeah the other weekend which is something that i've also started doing of and, course. I, <laughs> and uh and i love i've done two of those now and um i love going to those because the instructors are always you know they'll spend like a good hour drilling you about how how dangerous it is and and how you can hurt yourself and how you can die doing it you can and then they'll always go fire eating is the second most dangerous of the 
the circus arts. Do you know what the number one most dangerous one is? And everyone will sit there and they'll go, aerial arts. And I just sit there laughing and I'm like, yeah, okay. Because <laughs> um, if with fire, if you know what you're doing, your risk of damaging yourself is very low as long as you're consistent about it. Mm. Um, so yeah, but that always just makes me laugh because you would assume fire way more dangerous. But like, do you think this is why they shot Anson Riggs is because she won't survive for another season? You know, like, you know, we're just going to stun her, whatever, put her into stasis for her own good. <laughs> she needs a long nap, you guys. She <laughs> needs a really, really long nap. How can we make sure that that happens? That's why she keeps getting injured. Just she needs a nap. It's um, it's like it's like you said earlier. She is. She's going to be the new O'Brien. It's like you know, kind of what happens this week. Oh look, hang on. It looks like there's a console over there that might be about to explode rocks out onto the bridge. Riggs, you wouldn't mind having a look at that, would you? <laughs> oh, poor O'Brien. Oh man. I mean, those aren't bad footsteps to follow in, so that's fine with me. <laughs> I mean, it's it's true. It's true. Um, in terms then of say, so this. Uh, I might have my dates wrong. Season three was filmed 2021 or 2022. It's, it's, it's in can a while now. Oh, God. We're in 2023, right? It's so hard for me to even wrap my brain around 2023, just considering 2020 doesn't feel that long ago. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, so it was filmed... God, I filmed my episode eight in February of 2022. So it's been over a year since I filmed it. How hard has it been to sit on this? Oh my God, it's been so hard. Some of my friends were furious with me. They were like, because I was telling people, you know, oh, I filmed something, I earned SAG, I, I have my card, I can't tell you what it is yet. And so periodically people would check in and be like, has the thing you were in aired yet? Like, what is it? What are you doing? Um, and none of them expected it to be Star Trek. I dropped some very, very heavy hints, at least for my friends. And then the closer it got, I got more and more explicit about my hints, but no one, no one clocked it except for an ex-boyfriend of mine who did figure it out. Um, and he was like, I knew it. I freaking knew it because um, the Star Trek account on Twitter followed me. And when that happened, I think he was like, oh, boom. No, that's what happened for her. Um, um, but yeah, no, I mean, I was literally, I would talk about how Star Trek Picard was going to begin airing on this date. I was like, by the way on this date the first thing i'm in will air. like literally within the same breath and people would not genuinely did not connect it when i talked to my friends it was just wild because i was desperate to tell them but i didn't want to and i mean in the grand scheme of things right it's not like tim ross coming back in right where you absolutely can't breathe a word of it because if it gets out there people will lose their minds no one has ever heard of me so if it got out no one would care they'd be like yeah okay who we whatever um, so I've, probably... I've been following you for years, Olivia. <laughs> years, you know. I was probably safeguarding it more than I had to, but I was super paranoid because I did not want to piss Star Trek off. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was just desperately hard to sit on that. It's so, but that's something you have to learn to do. And um, I've worked on music videos, although they did not take this long to get out. Although the, there I have one dropping actually, um, it'll it'll be out by the time I guess this podcast comes out. Brilliant. Um, next week and that one took a while to get done longer than any of the others um but yeah i mean it's just it's a huge secret but you got to learn to to keep those secrets if you want to work in the industry but man is it hard 
because you just want to be like, look at this thing I did. Look, 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 look. We're like little kids wanting to pin things up on a, a refrigerator, except it's social media is our refrigerator. So. Uh, and as well, that you know, I, obviously no Trekkie has ever had an opinion about any show ever for, for any reason. And certainly, no, 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 no. So even then in that time as well, say, you know, someone's going like, no, oh, I don't like Picard. Are you going like, I want to hit you so hard, but I can't. Here's the thing. I, and it's hard, but so for one thing, being a pole dancer and sharing pole dance online has certainly introduced me to a wide berth of opinions. And I, I can imagine. I have, I have learned to take those in. Um, <clears throat> and uh, I certainly <clears throat> have learned a lot now opening myself up with the art that I make whether it's modeling or dancing or now acting or any of the other things that I do and there will always be people who don't like what you did and that's fine like I, I think about there are so many things that I don't like or that I don't think are great I will I have a critique for anything I've ever watched because of course you do like we said that's how you grow like you have to learn and improve for me, it's when it becomes personal attacks. It's when people start, you know, insinuating any, you know, you see the fans online who talk about Alex Kurtzman and, and it's like personal attacks against him. And I'm like, that's not, first of all, you have no clue if what you're saying is correct or not. Like you really don't know. There's so much that happens behind the scenes that, that decides how a show goes. And so much of it is just like dumb mundane shit that, it's like yeah okay well that sucks we can't do that this time or budget so much of the time it's just money like (laughs) the answer to so much so if someone doesn't like something then i'm like okay that's cool that's their personal taste it's fine i have a friend who doesn't like basil which is just confusing to me but that's his taste bud right Hmm. um as long as he's not insulting people going around and smacking food out of people's hands being like you shouldn't like basil because i don't like that's the problem when we tell people you shouldn't like it because i don't like it yeah, yeah that's you know or it's bad because i don't like it or if it if i don't like it i'm gonna find a reason to hate the people who made it and make it personal that's when it's just too far um but yeah so so if someone doesn't like picard i'm like oh okay that's not your cup of tea that's fine what do you like i'm curious like what what do you enjoy just tell me tell me about something i want to hear about what you enjoy not what you hate you know yeah there is I mean, look, there's an industry in people discussing the things that they hate. I won't say there isn't, but there's yeah. a far more, for me personally, far more enjoyable um, industry in tell me what you like, tell me what you love. And yeah. if it gets to the stage where I'm just like, yeah, right, bloody dial it back, like, yeah, it's good, but you mean, come on. Even I'd rather have that funny conversation that, oh, I think you love this a lot than... Are you okay? Like, you know, do do you need a hug? The fact that you dislike this so much. Um, and I don't mean to, this is something that comes up a lot. Like, I'm not trying to insult anyone. I'm really not. I'm not trying to run down people who, you know, have such really passionate feelings. We as Trekkies, listen, for better or worse, we all have passion in our, in our catras for some part of Star Trek here and there that we passionately love or maybe that we passionately don't love. So mm-hmm. I don't want us to sort of start eating each other either. No. Um, but I love when we can have a conversation. All right. I really don't like this. Okay, why? Here's why. Yeah. Okay. Look, I, di- I agree with that. I don't agree with this. I agree with that. 
that's fine. Well, we can have that conversation. That's fine. It's when the, you know, I don't like it because it's not Star Trek. Um, <clears throat> but then what's Star Trek? Who who made you the arbiter of what makes it Star Trek? You know? Um, and, and something I think, as actors, we have to learn to put ourselves in different people's shoes and, and see the world through different eyes. And I think that's something I've always done but now you know making acting part of my my daily life um I do it even more even what I remind myself is people who hate it it comes from love you don't hate something unless you loved it like there's a passion there there is a a a love that existed at one point and they just feel like they don't recognize what they loved anymore and so that brings it out in them but you've got to find a healthy way of dealing with it and you're right there is an industry in in the kind of hate watches or you know it's a larger problem in general not just in star trek but i think in in film and tv now at all is it's either the best or the worst thing it's always the best or the worst thing we go to these extremes and it's like nuance doesn't exist online it's so hard what to your credit like what you're saying about those conversations i've had those conversations in person i've talked about star trek shows that didn't hit it for me as much as others and why with people who loved the show that i'm critiquing and no one ever feels offended but those conversations happen in person where there's nuance and you're you're making a personal connection with someone and the internet allows us to lose that part yeah you know and then it just encourages the uh the extremes and that's where we get to this place and yeah it's disappointing to see people who are supposed to be part of a fandom I love we come from the same place we ultimately both love the same thing why are we turning on each other over whether or not we think one show told it as well as another uh, um I mean that's that's a perfect description of it like there will be there will be a day uh where we'll have something the size of San Diego comic-con but it will just be a Star Trek convention and we'll all be there and there'll be little debate booths but it will all be friendly and it will all be happy. And there'll be like little timers as well. And we'll be like, all right, and whoever makes the best arguments, you know, get to the big, the final booth where you need to sit there and argue with Terry. Or, you know, you know have the very best of luck to you. you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Very good luck with that one. Um, I don't know. Isn't. So here's one thing. I've never been to the Las Vegas convention, the Star Trek convention in Vegas. Isn't that, kind of on par with san diego though for size uh not no not for size i've been at it once um and it was it was wonderful it was fun but it, it was smaller definitely i think because san diego is just like it's insane like san diego is like the whole town turns over it's massive yeah. no this is located just in the one hotel it was it was bali's oh. last year it'll be the rio this year and but i i personally found that to be handier it was like you had everything basically in the one location Right. Uh, yeah. No, I, I had gotten the impression that it was bigger, but maybe that's just because it's Las Vegas and Vegas mm. is huge. Um, Cause that was part of why I've kind of avoided it. I mean, I just was like, Oh, that's another huge convention. San Diego is already so much. I'm ruined by, I am exhausted by the time I don't sleep during San Diego comic-con every year. <laughs> um, As opposed to when? I mean, I at least get a good solid three hours most nights. Um, but San Diego is a whole other thing. Uh, so I really want to eventually check out Vegas. I've been to smaller conventions. Actually, the first convention I ever went to was so I could meet Jerry Ryan as a kid. Um, 
purely because I saw an ad in a Wisconsin paper and was like begging my grandparents to take me. Um, I was visiting them for the summer and uh, I saw an ad and I was like, they always would plan, we would have what we called camp grandma and we'd go do all these outdoor activities because they were big into baseball and whatever. And I'm a nerd who doesn't do, I mean, now I'm into sport, right? I do my dancing and whatever, but still not traditional sports. And I certainly wasn't into them back then. Um, and then I saw this and I was like, oh my God, I want to go, I want to go. And they were like, well, only if your cousin's interested. And he was a year younger than me. So I sat him down. I found Star Trek reruns and I made him watch until he fell in love with Data. And then uh, he wanted to go too. And I was like, yes, all right, we're in. And we went. Um, but I've never gotten to go to the the Vegas one. So eventually. Hello. Star Trek, helping to manipulate children since the early 90s. Um, <laughs> and uh, that's a that's a soundbite that's going to come back to haunt me. Um, <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, no, don't say that in the current political climate, please. Yeah, no, I, 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 I don't. I don't think that might not survive the ad. All of this section is actually going to be my ad for this episode. Um, <laughs> we're going to we're going to come up toward the end of this podcast here. But there's a couple of things still um, to, to go through. First of all, I just want to say. Like, thank you so much for sharing so much of yourself online, for being so approachable, for being so open. Um, like, just it, it it means it means a lot just to fans, just to be able to talk to you, who is a Star Trek performer, but also it's just been lovely getting to know Olivia as well. Thank you. Um, it's so weird because I understand that because I am a fan. I've been fan it's actually been I I wanted to cry yesterday because someone sent me such a lovely message and it seems like you know there are some people who really are rooting for me who I've never met and I think it's because they see someone who is very clearly a fan like you know you, you see actors sometimes be like oh yeah I've been a fan of this a long time and you're like oh cool that's cool um but I have a long digital footprint of being fan. <laughs> like it's it's in my DNA and I think that makes it feel kind of special like to to see like that could be any of us um and if that's something that people are getting from it that makes me even happier like that's just amazing um because it's been so lovely and people have been so supportive I was not expecting anyone to care really truly <laughs> um except maybe like my dad and a couple of my friends um but no it's been it's been really really lovely and like I said, we all love the same thing. So let's just be kind to each other about it a little bit. Like, remember, there are people behind those keyboards. That's, yeah, that is a huge thing as well. What is next for EU? What is what is coming up? What can you talk about? And then tell us in great detail what you can't talk about as well. <laughs> um. So actually, the next couple of weeks are pretty wild. I, I'm filming another, I'm actually filming technically what I would call two music videos in the next two weeks. Um, one of them is a, like a proper music video with a musician who I um, I met my when I was asked to be on this video. Um, the woman who who cast me sent me the song. She she knows me personally from the dance world, and she had reached out to me and she said, "I just think this is your vibe. I really think you'd be great. Like we need we need dancers and we need you." And I listened to the song and went, "You know me so well." Um, and it's it's such a great song. And I'm so excited. And I actually got to do like the choreo for it. And um, so I'll get a choreography credit and a dancer credit, which is great. So that's coming up. And um, I'm also doing more in dance. Um, I'm working with the Queer Pole Collective here in L.A. 
<clears throat> and we're doing a, uh, a photo shoot to put together a calendar for 2024. And it's going to be a fundraiser for LGBTQ organizations. So we're not making any money off of it. Um, and it's all dancers who fit under, you know, our umbrella um, who are coming in and we're going to have just a fun time and it's going to be great. No, no nudity, nothing like that. Um, but it'll be, you know, fun and, and silly and great. Um, no, no shows on the horizon right now, but hopefully that will change. And I think those are the big things. I feel like there's something I'm forgetting, but I don't know. <laughs> well, well, Star Trek rigs, of course. Well, yes, Star Trek rigs, rigs and Shaw. Yeah, rigs, yeah. And, Shaw. rigs and Shaw. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, no, that all sounds absolutely awesome. Um, when uh, when as soon as we can get a link to that fundraiser, uh, we'll share oh, yeah. it on our socials as well. So, thank you. Yeah, that'll be great. Um. I'm really excited to be a part of this group because it's something that means a lot to me. And that community has been so supportive, um, both the queer community and the pole community. So getting to unite them and then do good with them. It's so fucking rad. It's so great. So, I'm, I'm so excited about I'm it. I'm so happy. Like I'm, I, I, I will, I will make it my business to at least get one of the uh, uh, <laughs> calendars anyway. Because I can tell you right now, I don't have a 2024 calendar lined up yet. So that's- There you perfect. go. All right. Well, you got it. It's going to be colorful and loud. We're doing like a whole unicorn threw up on us vibe. It's going to be great. <laughs> Wait, you're saying an LGBTQ <clears throat> themed uh, calendar will be colorful and loud? Get out of here. Never, <laughs> never in the history of the world. We're, we're truly breaking ground. Good, good. That, that, that's what we like. That's what we like. Uh, mm -hmm. I have one last question for you. Um, sure. So um, it's nice, easy question, requires no thought. What does Star Trek mean to you? <laughs> yeah, easy question to end it on. Yeah. Um, God. Does Star Trek to me means family, I think, more than anything else? Um, I grew up with it on all the time. It was something that was in my home. It was a, a connection to, uh, to my parents and God. So everyone's got that show. I think I always draw a distinction between your favorite and what you consider the best. Cause sometimes what's your favorite isn't necessarily what you think is objectively the best run of anything. Sure. My favorite, the one that's in my heart, the one that's home is Voyager. And it just, it feels like when you hear that music, that, you know, the theme song to whichever show made you feel that way, that instantly brings that back. You know, the characters, you know what they ate. Um, they're an extended family and, and hope, I think it's hope for the future, but like, that's the family that you want. And so it just, it, that's the only word I can think of that truly summarizes what it is. Star Trek is family, which is why I want us to be kind of kinder to each other. I'm Family is the people who you can get the angriest at. But in an ideal world, you come back together and you know that there's love there. So that's what it is for me. I I love that answer. It, it's funny that, that it's a word that comes up a lot when when we talk to people and ask them, you know, what is what is Star Trek? It is that sense of home, that sense of family. Um and I, I love that as well. I've, I've not heard that one before. It's like sometimes family are the ones you get the angriest at. Oh, yeah. What you, because you come expect back the most of them and they know you better than anyone. So they know exactly how to, you know, needle you when they want to upset you. 
but you got to use those powers for good. And we got to remember that my brother and I are very, very close. And there's also no one on this earth who can make me angry. <laughs> um, but we love each other so much. I mean, just so much. So, yeah. Well, I love that, Olivia. Thank you so much again. Um, just before we finish, very quickly, where can people find you online? Um, you can find me on Twitter, on Instagram, on TikTok, on Twitch. Um, on Twitter, I'm at Olivia Hungers, which um, is a play. I used to have a cooking blog, a sci-fi dedicated cooking blog, and that's where all of these handles sprung from. And I have kind of moved away from that, um, even though I do still cook quite a bit. And then on Twitch, um, Instagram, what was the other one? TikTok. Um, I'm at Olivia Yum, which is a play on my name. Again, it was a food nice. thing initially. Uh, O-L-I-V-Y-U-M. So. Excellent. Cool. So I'm going to, I'll include the links to all of those in the description of this episode. Um, at some point in the future, our paths will cross in person. Uh, yes. Now it might be at stupid o'clock in the morning or <laughs> stupid late o'clock at night, but it'll be grand. The coffee will be on me. Okay. Yeah. Well, I mean, who knows what time it is when you're in space anyway? Yeah, that's that. That's very true. Um, <laughs> everyone, thank you so much for listening. You have been wonderful. I hope you've enjoyed this as much as I have. We will, of course, be back again next week with another episode of The War Room. In the meantime, live long and prosper. Look after yourselves. Lead with kindness and practice infinite diversity in infinite combinations. Thanks very much, everyone.